Serious Podcast, and we are unfortunately, we're not, we're out of weeks. We're no longer in week season, we are in bowl season, which is a blessing and a curse, I guess. Bowl season's probably the most fun time of the year, but at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you're almost, you're you're uh, over three quarters of the way of eating the football sandwich that I always talk about. Yeah, it's kind of, it kind of makes you realize how fast the fall goes by when you finally get through championship week and you realize all you have left is like the army navy game that you have to somehow act like you really care about yeah it's always a cool game but it's just not a really talented game if so. i had five dollars for every time i've heard yeah dude if there was one football game i could go to it's army navy <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah it's it's bowl season um beginning of wedding season i would say um so shout out to joseph and sarah for the awesome wedding last weekend that was a good time yeah. both beers and steers uh Actually, the whole the whole team was the there whole, last the, week. The whole the whole the whole team the whole effing team was there. Um, as my friend uh, John was, I would agree with that. Yeah, we got a little trigger happy on the uh, Instagram on Saturday. I apologize. That's that's Joseph and Sarah's fault. But um, we were sober. We were one hundred percent sober. Okay, we got no. We're we're not doing any of the normal things. The only thing I will say is, uh, if you're in Houston, text John because he's got shirts. I'm quit texting me. Or text CMO um, if you're a girl. If not, we'll figure it out. All yeah, right. I have a bunch. I have a bunch. But uh, John shout has out a Brent, bunch. Brant Williamson for oh, yeah. uh, getting us to eliminate the introduction. Brant, <laughs> I will hopefully ship you your shirt tomorrow. Maybe. Don't hold me to that. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. We actually played a game uh, a few. It was like so long ago. How how many days ago is it? Like twelve days ago, ten, eleven yeah, days ago. It feels, like, feels like a lot longer ago. Than it that was. Ago. It was such a weird game, and it was the ultimate. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Like you and I were walking out of that game together. Like we weren't even like pissed off. We were like almost yeah. laughing. No, it was just a, a frustrating game. Um, the better team won, unfortunately. But um, you know, there's just so many little things I can point to. Um, but at the end of the day, we didn't play our best. Um, and we knew we had to. Um, we needed to avoid stupid penalties. We needed to avoid turnovers. And unfortunately, we just, you know, had really a lot of penalties that ended up hurting us. And we really weren't able to convert uh, some crucial third downs that we were able to back in uh, back in October at the uh, Cotton Bowl. But um, yeah, it's a game that I, you know, walking out, I felt um, I was disappointed because. I'll, just what it what it could have meant um, being a Big Twelve champion again and putting that in DKR and and not letting OU get their fourth title in a row. Um, but you know it's a sign of what's to come. We're we're a quarter or less than a quarter away from a championship, and uh, I think it's definitely a, a step in the right direction. But you know we also kind of talked about the the Cowboys Stadium before we dive too into the the details of what we thought about the actual game and the plays and whatnot. Um, Cowboy Stadium actually, you know, what environment-wise wasn't that bad, Ugh, yuck, but yuck. I still don't think I ever want that game to be moved from no. the Cotton Bowl. Like, oh, it's the fucking word. I hate. I don't like college games in college in uh, Cowboy Stadium. It's terrible. I mean, it, it was it wasn't that bad. It was comfortable, but I just I didn't like. I mean, it, first of all, I think there was what 
60-40 UT fans. I think we were we definitely had more fans there than OU. My OU co- coworker claims it was 80-20. I don't think I think it was closer to 60-40, maybe even a little. I would say at most 65-35 at most. Uh, I think that's a lot. I think 60-40 is a little is pretty pretty right, maybe a little on the heavy side. But yeah, no, I agree. It was it was comfortable. I mean, like I don't know. I just hate going up there. Like I I, I was up in a box for the second half, not a big deal. Wow. And uh it was still like, it was obviously sick being up there, but at the same time, I was like, I would much rather be like in the student section at DKR or in the student section of the Cotton Bowl, you know? So the environment's just so weird. It just feels so canned and so corny and so just commercial. That's three C's right there before you. Um, I, I, I just hate it. it. It feels way too NFL to me, and I don't like that. That's the whole point of college football is not eliminating, getting rid of that. So I don't. I it makes me sick thinking about it. Really, but uh, it won't happen anytime soon. But like, no. there were times. So I was by the Texas fan, sort of on that end zone, like the Texas end zone. And when the ball was on the other side of the field, which happened to be where like half the touchdowns went, um, or more than half the touchdowns went. It was like it felt like they were so far away that I went, you know, just like everyone said, I went straight to the screen and ended up just watching the screen. Right, exactly. You stare at that freaking screen the entire time. And I just checked. Uh, Texas OU has a contract with the Cotton Bowls through 2025, so we're good yeah. for a few years. But uh, yeah. yeah, going it, but going to what you start off previously, saying how sloppy of a game was. 13 yeah. penalties on Texas is unbelievable for 128 yards. Only five on OU. Which, I mean, there was obviously a ton of no calls, too, which were terrible. But I, I don't want to say the refs, like, controlled this game because that's not true. Because ultimately, this game still came down to one play, which is unbelievable to think that one play decided this game rather than the fucking almost 20 penalties combined for both teams, which is crazy to say. It's I don't want to say they, they, they obviously didn't control the game, but they had an impact on it for sure. Yeah. They had an impact on the outcome 100%. Um, and they kind of uh, made it uncertain on what a passing interference really was throughout yeah. that game. Um, it changed both offensive game plans, and it just was really frustrating to see. I mean, even even when we were throwing pe- like jump passes up and just hoping for a flag, that directly impacted the game. And then the, I mean, this, the the Big Twelve just needs to f- figure it out with the refs. We've complained about this multiple times throughout this year. They don't even know what to review. Mm-hmm. Like that review on the, it was a hold on Chris Boyd. Imagine that, uh, away from the pass, um, and then I think we intercepted it. But like they, I, they wanted to determine where to pull the ball from. I was like, oh my god, is this actually happening on the Big Twelve championship? So, yeah, the refs, it is what it is. Um, but we still didn't play like we, you know, like we did in October. So right. let's no. jump into some other players. I, and I think that kind of it goes into. The youth is a quote unquote, but youth in terms of a game like this. I mean, none of these players had ever played in a conference championship, let a, let alone a, like a meaningful bowl game. You know, like last year's bowl game was like the most the quote unquote biggest game they've played in. So right. they just didn't know, and they still showed up and played well. I mean, let's get right into Sam. I mean, I don't think Sam has been over ninety percent healthy since Baylor. And he still and he missed like two open touchdowns on the first and second drives, and he still managed to get points and string together some good 
They were uh, drives. both of those were on the first drive. Or both on the first drive. Yeah, you're right. So I, I think if you go back and look at like USC, TCU, OU, the first game, I, I it's a different if it's a different player, and he it's not like he showed it. You know, mentally it's not, but it's just physically he was giving a hundred percent every single game. I believe that. I just think his with his injuries and his shoulder and all that weird stuff that he's he's kind of gone out with, it was kind of limiting him, and he gave his best attitude as he always is because he's just such a gamer. But he, you can't tell me that he was 100% healthy going into that. No well, way. Well, I mean, he still threw for 314 and two TDs. That's what I'm saying. That's the crazy part is, like, he still, like, it was 100%, 110%, like, doing as much as he can. But he definitely wasn't running as hard. That run, that rushing touchdown was awesome. But we didn't uh, – there was no other big runs that he had, you know, that I would really, say that really the, the designed, designed plays for him to run, there was less throughout the game yes. that we would expect 100%. to see. 100%. Which – impacted the, the running game in general, which we'll get to in a second. But, um, you know, from, from an offensive call or the play calling, I wasn't really disappointed in it. I think it had a – No, for I'm the not most part, Yeah. They, they had a good game plan, but the run game just never got going. Um, and that, that had a huge impact on our passing game. They were able to double Colin uh, without, having, without having to respect Keontae or uh, Trey. So, you know – I guess we can hit on that real quick. I mean, the, the offensive line just didn't have the push against the OU defensive line. No, which like, is like we saw. No. Right. Um, no, that's that was the biggest difference I think between the the Red River shootout and uh, this game was yeah the offensive line was not able to lean on the OU D line like they were, and I think kind of a uh, you can flip that on its head as well. We'll get into that later. But the OU O line absolutely dominated, not dominated, but still played better a lot better than our d-line yeah uh we'll get into that second but no you're right the the our offensive line just couldn't get it going and obviously the the sack and the the or sorry the safety is just the the one play that you know defined the game um that it sucks like cosme yeah you're supposed to pick that up but i mean they they checked to that so many different times they ran that blitz like i think three times whenever we went Running back to the field side, no, sorry, running back to the boundary side and back to the field side, it was like an auto blitz, either from the whoever was playing in the slot, if we had two wide over there, or whoever the corner was, if we had one wide to the to the boundary side. I don't know, that's like super nerdy, sorry, but like that that's credit to OU for seeing that. I mean, that's what that's the definition of like scheming an opponent, and Sam had never really faced like a true you know, backside blitz like that, just right in his face. Um, so credit to OU for, for calling that. But, I mean, yeah, Cosme, you're supposed to pick that up, but it's it's tough. It's, it's You don't think of that, um, you know, at the pre-snap or whatever. You don't see that coming. Also, shout-out Sam Cosme. got named uh, Freshman All-American today by U, uh, USA Today. So that was pretty huge. But, uh, yeah, no, I, what, I think what you're talking about, the, the how D, OU defensively schemed against us, was 100% right. They loaded the box, they bracketed little Jordan, and basically said, okay, we're going to let Colin do his thing, which he did for 177 yards. Right. But it's that's so nuts to say. Is he had 177 yards and we still only scored that much? Like, God, that's frustrating. Just, well, look, looking back at it, I mean, the first half, there were, what, we had five offensive possessions, we scored twice. That's, mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's kind of, 
it right there. I remember going into halftime. I was like, "That this is not enough. We're in trouble." Obviously, they went in with a lead, or they were down one. I can't remember. Right. Um, but there were two third down sacks that we gave up in the first half that I remember. I was just like, "Whoa, that is not a good sign." Yeah. That is what stood out to me is the offensive line was struggling. Uh, OU was starting to get a little momentum, and then. Uh, OU, I think, went into the half scoring on three straight possessions, one being a field goal and two being touchdowns, and then came in two straight the first. Still, what? that that last one was like such a momentum builder. Yeah, it was fifty seconds or something like 40, that. Forty seconds, yeah, five plays. You're like, fuck. And then, yeah, and then they came out and scored on the very first possession easily on the second half, and you know that that's what we talked about on the way back from Arlington, which of course took like forever, but <laughs> that was the difference right there, like that. Uh, even though it was two different quarters, it was like called like a an eight minute window. We had a fourteen yeah. six lead with the ball, I think, at the forty yard line, and we ended up. I think, I think it was a third down sack on that, and we punted it away. And from then on, it was different. It was like from then on, we were playing on our heels, and we were freaking like having to fight for. I don't know. We we were setting the tone until then, and I just look back to the first half and the two possessions that we scored on. We had the ball five times. That it's just. That's what stands out to me. Obviously, you hit at the, the sack, um, the safety and whatnot, and the general um, defensive scheme against us. But, yeah, credit Colin Johnson for stepping up. I mean, some of those catches he made, especially the one on the far side in the corner, mm, was, that was that awesome. filthy. That was um, right in front of us. That was sick. Yeah, that was filthy. And then, yeah, I mean, the guy balled out and, I think earned himself a pretty good paycheck. Yeah, so. that's the other thing that we're, we can get into a little later. Is I'm a little scared now because he played so well in that game, and I was not scared of him leaving at all. I still, I still think he'll stay, but that was one of those like. And going back to the offense, we were eight was I think it was eight of thirteen on third downs. Like we statistically, like if you look at the numbers, just look at the box score. Like we played very well on offense. And the fact that we still only put up 27 points is just absolutely nuts. I don't know what it was. I mean, I, I, we, we already said what it was. We couldn't get running. I mean, Keontae did nothing. Trey did nothing. I, I don't want to say nothing, but not nearly as much as they did in the first game. So no, they, they didn't do enough to have an impact in the game. I mean, Keontae had one or two runs that broke, but just we weren't able to establish anything on first down on the rushing game, which forced our hand on second down and then often led to third and longs that led to, unfortunately, sacks. So, um, again, I credit their defense for, and going into it, we were saying if our offense makes their defense look good, it's over. Cause like, we're not going to stop their, right. Their, uh, Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was looking back. Like I just oops. went and pulled up the box score again. Keontae only had four like handoffs. Like they weren't even trying. I mean, they're like, we can't, I mean, credit to Beck for kind of realizing that he's like, if we're going to win this game, it's not going to be by running the ball. So we got to air this out and kind of keep it going. But, all right, enough on the offense. It, it, it's still a great performance um, against a pretty subpar defense that played way above the level they've been playing all, all season. you got to kind of hand that off to, to OU for what they're doing. But getting into the defense, hinting at it a little earlier, the D-line played pretty bad. Um, I know this OU O-line unit is really damn good with two All-Americans, but – Good God. I mean, that video on Twitter that was circula- circulating around of Hager in this game, man, that's that's really rough to watch. Like, really rough. And I know it made a lot of OU fans happy because it's Hager and he says all that stupid shit and all that. But, like, 
I mean, they they did not. Charles had a decent game, but not much, um, and that was about it. I didn't see one like true play that really stood out to me um, with our D line. I mean, did you? Did we ever sack him? Not really. No. We had a few QB rushes. I know that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we got to him a few times because they were basically like basically it was like an auto blitz for at least Wheeler. All right, we had a Wheeler sack and a Obini who sack okay. and a one QB hurry by one BJ Foster a single and another one by Wheeler God. that so, the one the one by Wheeler was when he almost took his head off and Kyler got rid of it like the last second and just threw it up in the air and like ducked down that I mean yeah. Wheeler literally was like he was probably gonna call for targeting if he didn't if um, Kyler didn't put his head down but I mean he probably would have died if he wouldn't have so Defense made some stops. Um, I remember the first possession you had, they stopped him on the goal line, said forced him to a field goal, or forced him to two straight field goals, I think. So early on, they were making the stops that uh, we needed, and unfortunately, it just kind of the floodgates opened there towards the end of the first half. But um, the things that stood out to me, I guess just big picture, was obviously the Gary Johnson play running down the field and forcing yeah, C.D. Lamb on that the fumble. That was a pure hustle play. Yeah, it was. It was I remember watching C.D. Lamb, like, dance around, which, by the way, C.D. Lamb had an unreal game. Yeah, he did. Um, I remember watching him dance around. I was like, oh, my God, someone just get there making him force a fumble. I, like, screamed it. And this guy next to me was, like, going nuts when it actually happened. But <laughs> uh, it's like I know what I'm talking about. Shout um, out me. But I talked to uh, – shout out Ryan Ramirez before the game. And we were sitting there watching – Teams warm up, and I mentioned what kind of difference was Grant Calcaterra going to have mm, yeah. in the game in general. You called it. And one. I think the stats don't really show the impact he really had. Obviously, he had the amazing catch that sealed the game, uh, which was an illegal formation, by the way, but we'll get to that. Actually, we won't even get to that. But the point was, he forced, I think, our linebackers and whoever, whatever. It was a BJ who was covering him. Yeah, I don't know. It forced a lot of open lanes for CD Lambs just tear us apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I don't think Calcaterra had the stats that like really proved that he had a huge impact on the game. But kind of looking back, no, he, he only had him. three catches, but I mean, two of them were for touchdowns. So yeah, but, but we, he just, he forced our defense to do stuff we weren't didn't have to do in game one and opened up the lanes for Lamb and then Brown actually went out. I don't know if you remember Yeah, that. I didn't really notice that during the game, but yeah, he went out in like third quarter, maybe early fourth. I think it was early fourth. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, CD had an unbelievable game. I mean, going going back to like us stopping the run, Gary and Wheeler actually probably played I don't it might be their best game in terms of just like stopping the run, you know, getting to the outside forcing things back inside, stuff like that. Like, little stuff that we hadn't done well all season, which is pretty funny to think about. And especially going back to the first OU game, we did not stop the run well at all in that. And they did a good job. I mean, OU was held to 3.2 yards a carry, which is really, really damn good um, for on the for Texas. And their longest rush was on 15 yards on one of Kyler's little, you know, bitch boy scrambles. So... The fact that we did that in, uh, in this game, I would definitely not w- would have guessed. I mean, they did a great job. I mean, another shout-out to Orlando and basically just Orlando for kind of letting Gary and Wheeler try to 
figuring out what they could do, the kind of auto blitz for Wheeler up the middle. That way he's not even allowed to be on those one-on-one situations um, with CD or Marquise or one of those guys who's going to run right past him. So I, I, wanted, I just wanted people to realize that they still played pretty damn well against the run despite um, getting everything thrown way over their head. Uh, and and okay. going and like to why they were th- throwing the ball so well. I mean, it's just so simple. A five year old can tell you it's like PJ Locke and BJ Foster over the, over the over the slots. I mean, that that was just so easy. If it wasn't you know Marquise or uh, CD in the slot, it was Calcaterra over the end zone stuff like that. One on one with the true freshman BJ Foster for the game winning touchdown. Like yeah, it's gonna happen for a junior tight end. Has been very underrated and very. Um, useful in their offense all season so I, I don't know what else you, what you can do to to prevent that with with what we have so yeah, I mean Stearns going out too obviously didn't help but I didn't think he like and Stearns wasn't playing well enough to really make that big of a difference no. yeah I agree I don't think he his injury necessarily changed the game no and, and B. Jones was back, but I still think he was kind of missing a step. He had some good run support plays, but he wasn't making the unbelievable coverage types that were going to change this game. Wasn't, you know, and Kyler's obviously Kyler, and he's not going to give you too many chances like he did in that candy hop in the first OU game uh, interception. You really got to force it to him and when he's got 10 seconds to throw because he's got the freaking iron curtain blocking for him. And Hager's with one and a half arms is going after up against him. Like, he's going to make good throws. It's just going to happen. Yeah, looking back at it, I've been looking back at our notes from the week before the game. We said time of possession was going to determine the game. And looking, obviously, they won time of possession. But um, well, I kind of think, looking back on it, I, even though they won time of possession, it's, I mean, it was 32-28, like, right on the dot. Yeah. So, OU won 32-28. But, you know, it comes down to we weren't able to run the ball a lot. So yeah. It, time was, our our right. possessions were short. Right. And it just gave Kyler one or two extra possessions to do his thing. And that's, unfortunately, was the difference other than the safety. But Literally the difference, that was, yeah. that was the difference, giving him an extra shot with the ball. And, um, again, I, I – Leaving that game, I I knew he was the Heisman. He's he's an unbelievable athlete. Did you really though? I I yeah. didn't. I wasn't. I mean, I, I was convinced. I mean, that guy he he caught on at the right time, and I mean he went to Morgantown, got an unbelievable win there. He won the Big Twelve championship, nice style. Um, and Tua just wasn't. He didn't have the flair over the last month. So I knew everyone but was. That's kind of not true. Out. Like Tua Tua in the Iron Bowl was like twenty one of twenty five with five touchdowns, no picks. So it doesn't matter. People were like were used to it. I guess that's true. I also saw I read an interesting article uh, the other day. I think it was Stuart Mandel with the Athletic, and it was like it was such just a two horse race that if there was one other player that kind of evened the playing field, then two might have still won it. You know, because it really came down to like who was going to be the last one standing, who was going to make the last big play, and obviously Kyler did. But I there was not like one distinct play in our game at least where yeah. I was like wow this guy he's he's earned it he deserves it like 100% uh, it's just frustrating oh you got two in a row but his stats were unreal this year um, he's just an unbelievable unbelievable athlete um, 
but I hope Tua's healthy for that game and just duels out and wins it like Vince did to Reggie. I mean, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to Alabama. I mean, ever. Yeah. Because, I mean, assuming he's obviously healthy, I think he will be, but... Uh, there, I mean, a pissed off Nick Saban with a pissed off quarterback, which was his best quarterback like ever, is not fun to play against. But all right, going it, it just anyways. Yeah, overall the game frustrating, disappointed, all those stupid terms that you used to hear Tony Romo say all the time. Like it, it was a winnable game. Basically, if we ran the ball, I mean, it comes down to simple as that. But yeah, the, I think the time of possession. What I I think I said last the two weeks ago before, if we had over thirty, if we were around thirty five, we could win. We're seven minutes short of that. So, I mean, seven minutes right there. That's three possessions for Kyler. So, All right, that's the game. But sucks. But at the end of the day, like that, yeah, that that game meant more to them than it did for us. I mean. For, that would have that made no no difference in our season if we win that. Yeah, like you said, putting up on the, in the stadium and all that would be so cool. But I don't think it was it was minuscule compared to playing for the national championship against the number one team in the nation or in yeah. in the playoff. But yeah, all right. Well, that's it for um, the recap of the OU. Sorry, we just had to get that off our chat. That was more therapeutic, I think, more than anything. Yeah, that felt good. Did you, did you feel better? I know you felt better before this. <laughs> I think you feel better now. Okay, this we got one only got one voicemail this week, but uh, I think it's a pretty good one. What's up, guys? This is Thomas. Uh, since I guess this is the last time y'all are recording this season, it's I want to make sure to ask this question. So last year, before the bowl game, we had a bunch of players sit out and prepare for the draft. Um, I don't know if they would do that this year because our bowl is so much better, but. If you think there are any juniors that might do that this year, who do you think that would be? Uh, and also, which juniors do you all see leaving early if you had to pick? Uh, let me know. Thanks. Bye. To that, I think he obviously meant seniors sitting out. But to, the, to that question, I haven't heard of anyone thinking about it. I, I, I'm trying uh, to – He meant a junior that was leaving for the NFL that would might sit out the game. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Um, the weirdly, I think the one guy that would that might would be either Trey Watson or Calvin Anderson, the transfers. No, no, I'm serious. No, they what? won't. I, okay, but like if you're one, if you're those two guys, like you really have only been at the school for not even like a full year. Calvin Anderson tweeted out today this would be his 14th or 50th some odd straight start. So no, okay. I already sorry. Okay, Calvin Anderson. Okay, no, but Trey Watson, like he's. He's. I think he tore his ACL already. I mean, so but he's not going anywhere. He's not going to the NFL. That's a good point. He. This is basically his last. The only guy I would ever think who, in our weird generation of people wanting to do this, are millennials. The only guy that should do it, honestly, is Colin Johnson, but he won't because he's because he's coming back. Loyal. He's just loyal. Yeah, because no, he's coming back. Hopefully. So, um. Tweeted out or not tweeted out. Uh, Rootmeets were flaring up today about some guys who are having academic oh, yeah. trouble, so we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, but in terms of the idea of skipping the bowl, I don't really necessarily disagree. It. No, I don't at all. No. If you're in a bad bowl and yeah. you're you've got a chance to go play in the NFL, like Will Greer, hundred percent, I would do that. Yeah, same exact. But time. where do you draw the line on important game? You know, like is a New Year's Six bowl. Like anything that's a New Year's Six bowl game and up, you you yeah. should be loyal and you play. I yeah, mean, I think it's New Year's Six and up. 
At what point do so many, I guess, all these games other than the playoffs become pretty much, like, worthless? I think it's, no, I think it's New Year's 6 and up. Yeah, I mean, currently, but give it a few years. If you're playing the Gasparilla Bowl, you're not, you're sitting out, like, no. What about the Cheez-It Bowl? (laughs) What about the 2014 Bitcoin Bowl? Uh, No, I, 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 I am totally okay with those guys sitting out. Uh, to his other question, guys leaving early, I think I'd put Little Jordan Humphrey at about a 50-50 right now. Um, I think having a bad game against OU, not a bad game, but not nearly as good of a game as he had been having against OU uh, helps our chances a lot. I, I don't see anyone else. There's obviously been rumors of Brandon Jones, but I think the injury really kind of hindered that. He needs to get healthy more than anything. He lost his value big time this year with the injury. I I really don't think there's anyone that will willingly or uh, will, I guess, sit out because of NFL reasons. I think there will be academic issues or off-field issues. Um, You just can't have those kids in Austin for that long and not expect them to get in trouble. Right. But I really don't think there's anyone on the team that will sit out um, by, I guess, their own decision. Their own volition. Okay, let's get into a few bowl games because why not? It's bowl season. I love bowl pickems. If you're if you've created a bowl pickem, just text me. I'll probably I'll throw money into it. I'll, I'll do it. I don't really care. Um, just I think couple. I won the one last year. I think that you won it. Yeah, I think I got the the cotton one. Nothing sure. will nothing will ever top the you and I. Oh my god! The for anyone. <laughs> This is just, okay, quick story since the end of the season. Not that many people are listening anyways. So well, John John and I were in a bull pick em, senior year? Yeah. Yeah. Senior year, and we were one and two. We were going back, and we kept on going back and forth, trading between one and two. better not screw this story up. I know you're going to, so. No, okay. And then it was, so it was the TCU-Oregon uh, Fiesta Bowl, right? Is the Fiesta? No, sorry. The Alamo oh, Bowl. All right, you're screwing this up. So, no, long story short, you had convinced me to go with TCU as well. I wasn't, I wasn't so, there yet. Oh, my God. So, I went with TCU. You, you dumbly, you dumbly listened to me and thought I was telling the truth. And then the gods that were out there. So, I picked Oregon. Cole House and bring the Horn Frogs back in the most amazing game ever. And John ended and up winning the fucking thing. Anyways, let's get into some Why you don't game. backstab your friends? <laughs> Speaking of TCU, I think Cal versus TCU is underrated one of the better bowl games this season. Mostly because I want to see how TCU is like kind of going to look um, going into next year. Uh, Sean Robinson's uh, obviously not playing because he is transferring now. Classic. And they're playing that like third string. Like phew, I think he went to Penn. That white boy who came in for a hot minute in the game against us. Cal's defense is actually really damn good. This game started off as like, TCU minus four, and it's come down to almost a pick em. So I really like Cal in this, and like a lot in the spread, too. Um, Yeah, I don't know enough about Cal, but I think TCU just struggles so much. Watching their games in the latter half of the season, uh, Kansas, West Virginia, their offense was so bad. So I just I think Cal is, I, guess, I just don't know enough about them. So. Did they like have any upsets this year? Did they beat anyone good? Uh, I think they beat. No, maybe. I mean, they beat USC, but that's not like. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my interesting bowl game under the radar, good game, is the Alamo Bowl, Iowa State versus Washington State. 
Uh, we all know Iowa State was, I guess, a game away or whatever from being. Oh, they beat Washington. Game. Cal beat Washington. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. They were number nine at the time. All right, so Iowa State um, has made some noise. They've definitely gotten a lot better. Make Montgomery, some noise. Uh, is this Montgomery's last game? Uh, yeah. Okay, so Maybe. he's gonna be playing for a lot. Um, Washington State was also about a half away from the Pac-12 championship in that snow game. So two teams that have definitely showed some true uh, steps in the right direction this year. I think will be a very entertaining game. And the Alamo Bowl always seems to be entertaining unless we're in it, but um, always seems to be a really back-and-forth game. So that's definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, and then the other one I wanted to watch that I'm looking forward to is LSU-UCF. Even though UCF lost their quarterback, I'm interested to see what kind of noise they make versus LSU um, out there in Phoenix. It always seems to be a really kind of uh, upset special place. Yeah, I I think I can't. That's one I'm really having trouble with. I just don't trust Coach O in like situations like this and UCF getting snubbed for two years in a row. Um, Even yeah, with McKenzie Milton their quarterback being out, I. I think the line's around LSU plus seven. So I think if you're in a in a spread, LSU plus seven, or sorry, minus seven. Oh my gosh, minus seven. So if you're in a spread, uh, pick them. I think I I would go with um, what's it called UCF in that. But if you're if you're just straight up, I would still probably go LSU. That's a tough one. Um, I just yeah, I don't know about that. Um, what do you think of the playoffs? Wait, no, last one. Peach Bowl, Florida versus Michigan. This is probably going to be the, like the most boring game of all time, but I'm going to watch it because I'm a sick, you know what. Uh, Michigan is favored by seven and a half points. Michigan is ranked number seven, I believe, in the nation. I don't know. Yeah, they're number seven in the nation. Florida is number 10. They're three spots away from each other, and it is a seven and a half point favorite. That is so stupid. Florida is nine and three. Their one good win was against LSU, and and then they have two other wins against FCS opponents. How, like they're terrible. Why are they number ten in the nation? That's so stupid. I, I think I don't think Michigan's like a powerhouse or anything, but I think it's just stupid that Florida is like they're that close in ranking, and Florida's a seven point dog. So I, I would still I'd still probably take Michigan, um, but the, that game's going to be like twenty one to seventeen, and it's going to be terrible. Yeah, I, I, Florida, or excuse me, Michigan really struggled up there in Columbus, but I think it'll be a totally different game. They've had, what, they'll have five or six weeks off. Yeah. So I think Michigan wins that game pretty easily. Um, okay, yeah, playoff. We can go playoff real quick. I, I think it's going to be Clemson-Bama. I mean, if you think – if you don't want Boring. That. What? Boring. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's that boring. It's the two best teams. I'm fine with that. Uh, but to not be boring, I think Clemson actually wins this because – Every year, you look at the team that constantly, like, not constantly, but pretty much week by week gets better. And ever since Trevor Lawrence has, like, truly became the starter, Clemson has gotten better every single week. And with Tua not being 100% healthy, if Tua is 100% healthy, it's different. But both of his ankles are screwed up. Obviously, he's got the one that's even more screwed up than the other. But, like, I'm going Clemson on that one. I think right now it'd probably be Alabama like minus three or so minus four. I, I'm going Clemson. I, they're going to route Notre Dame. So, yeah, I think, uh, out of the two games of a chance, what I was saying, I think OU has a better chance of beating Alabama than Notre Dame beating Clemson, just based on the uncertainty yeah. of Tua right no, now. I think you're right. 
I think OU actually comes out and scares Alabama in the first half, and then Nick Saban just does his like master freaking general unbelievable stuff as he always does and just wins the game. Like somehow finds a way to shut down Kyler in the second half. But I think OU actually scares him and is up up in half and uh, kind of gets everyone's attention. But um, I think Alabama Clemson is safe. I think Alabama wins it all. Um, I do respect your, I guess, the progression of Clemson, but I just think if Alabama gets past OU, they win this thing. So. All right, let's get in the Sugar Bowl real quick. We know we got a lot of friends going to that. John and I will not be there. There is rumblings of a, uh, we'll call it a surrogate, big uh, beers and steers team that might be doing a uh, Instagram live from the world famous Pat O'Brien's. We'll uh, we'll keep you updated more on that. Um, one of one of the surrogate beers and steers members is a current coach, so that's just a little bit of a hint. Uh, but start off, uh, Georgia is favored. Start it opened around thirteen. It's closer to eleven now. Um, Georgia's one so stupid call on the fourth and eleven fake punt against Alabama from being in the playoffs, and now we get to play them, which is going to be very interesting. I, I, it's always weird those teams that don't uh, that don't make the playoffs that they're that close and like how they how they show up. Um, it's kind of similar to uh, Auburn last year. Auburn was like the perfect storm though because. They had finally upset Alabama, great game, lose the SEC championship, and then they're uh, and then they get blown not blown out, but get beat pretty bad by UCF. And what game was that? Which one? The UCF versus Auburn, whatever that. I think it's the Peach Bowl or whatever last yeah. year, and lose. So it's kind of similar to that situation. So I don't know. I, to to us, this game is like the coolest thing that we've done in ten years. So, you've got that going for us, but I don't know what Georgia team is going to come out. Like, is right. it the pissed-off team that should have beaten Alabama or the team that's like, well, fuck this, I want to go party in New Orleans? Yeah, I mean, I, I watched a little bit of their game versus LSU, and they really struggled in, but that was seemed to be the game that, like, really pissed them off the rest of the way. Um, I think you just mentioned it, but, I mean, they honestly, without a bonehead decision, uh, coaching wise, it could probably be in the playoff. Um, they would have won that game last week. Um, so, I mean, it's going to take a heck of an effort on our part to win this game. I think our offense can put some points up versus their defense for sure. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be we're going to have to throw the ball a lot, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, our offensive line's got to wake up. That, that, that performance versus OU is not going to do the job. Uh, our Sam will be broken in half if that is the way they play. But it'll be interesting to see how our defense does versus a run-based offense. Um, their offense is, what, 13th in the nation or better in terms of rushing. Yeah, they're really good. Rushing offense, but they're really not a passing-dominating team. They're at 69th in nice. the nation on uh, currently. So uh, I'm sure our, our D-backs will make their passing offense look just <laughs> a little bit better. Um, but – It'll be, be a lot of pressure on the D-line and all the linebackers to, to try to stuff these uh, running backs. And, I mean, what is it, uh, Holyfield and uh, what's the other guy's name? Swift. Swift, yeah. Yeah, they're the, they're the running backs who have, both have 1,000 yards or one of them's just short of 1,000 yards this year. So uh, going to have to find a way to stop the rushing game. And then, I mean, like you said, we are, we are, we're 
we have no pressure on us. So yeah, find, find a way to steal some possessions, get kind of creative. Um, the one time we ran a trick play in the OU game was a fail. That so was the stupidest play call of all season. That might have been the stupidest. I was going to bring that up. That was the stupidest play call all season by far. Yeah, that kind of killed our momentum. We yep. had some serious momentum. Yep. But, um, but now it really, I mean, shit, you really aren't playing. I mean, you, you have nothing to lose. So go, go, I mean, go all out, go on, on fourth downs. I mean, Tom is, as we've, for the most part, has been pretty successful as an underdog and, especially in bowl games. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he does. He's got a month to prepare. Hopefully no guys get in trouble in Austin or New Orleans. And we're a full squad, but I'll believe it when I see that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have a score prediction. I just think Georgia, at the end of the day, is a better team and I mean, wins this game. I don't know if they cover, but I think they, they win and, and kind of dominate the game for the most part. Yeah, Tom, as a dog, as a double-digit dog, with a team that literally has nothing, you know, there's no negative impact with a loss. That's pretty scary. Um, and I think Georgia's got to kind of realize that. Uh, yet, Ridley uh, is Calvin Ridley's brother. He's probably their best threat on, on offense, on the receivers, but they really spread the ball out pretty well. The one guy that I think is going to give us a lot of trouble is Nauda, I think is his name. He's the tight end. He's like, Massive. He's a junior. He's like number eighteen. He's they're perfect. Like very stereotypical SEC tight end, big white boy who can run down the field and has great hands. Uh, and we've struggled with good tight ends all year, but uh, their O line is still pretty damn good and almost as good as OU's. But on defense, DeAndre Baker is their uh, stud corner, and that guy is an absolute freak. Um, and I think. He's probably going to be a first-rounder. And I, if I had to guess, they're going to put him uh, on Colin Johnson and then double little Jordan Humphrey over the middle. And hopefully we can get the ball to DuVernay, Beck, um, the other guys as well. Um, lots of stuff out of the backfield, stuff like that, which is crazy. Well, George's defense is obviously, obviously very good, but they lost – like three, they lost Roquan. They lost a really good D lineman, and they lost another cornerback. I can't remember his name from last year. And their defense may have gotten better, which is so crazy, incredible thing. Kirby Smart, watch out. I mean, he's probably the next Saban. That's not saying much, but yeah, I agree. Score prediction is tough. Like, I'll say I, I agree. They're the better team. They're probably going to win. I'll say Georgia 30, 31, 24 Georgia. I think that's pretty, pretty fair for both teams. Yeah, I think that's that might be a little high. I think it's twenty to twenty four to thirteen, Georgia. Okay, yeah, I think that's that's about right. All right, well, if you're going to New Orleans, please have a hurricane. Please have a shark attack if you know what those are for me. Um, if anyone brings a beers and steers shirt and happens to bring it into, I won't say the type of establishment, but a certain type of establishment, I will, I will buy you something. Um, you can't just, really take pictures there. Well, if you pay the right people, you can. Just take a picture on Bourbon Street with our gear on. Yeah, okay. That Those are really cool, too, but there's... You know what I'm talking about. I, there's somebody who's listening to this, like, who's a guy like, okay, I got you. I, I think my bet is, like, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody will figure it out. <laughs> All right, well, everyone, if you're going to New Orleans, have fun for us. Thanks for listening. We'll do one more episode after this one as well as the last season uh, kind of wrap up. But uh, thanks again, as always, Hogan. All right.
And sugar will go it down swinging I'll be your number one with the bullet I'll only got your flex cock it and pull it will go it down, down. <laughs>